This is the Learning Capacity Podcast. You're with Colin Klupik. A warm welcome to you. This podcast is brought to you by LearnFast Australia, improving student learning outcomes with neuroscience programs since 1999. In this episode, we ask careers advisor Gordon Doyle, what's in an ATAR? It's getting close to the end of 2015 and no doubt students across the country will be wondering what their score will be and if it will be enough. And what if it's not enough? Do we hit the panic button? What about bonus points? How does that all work? Is there some other pathway? Is there hope? Fortunately, Gordon has some helpful answers. Gordon Doyle, welcome back to the conversation. Thanks very much, Colin. We, uh, we're talking about the ATAR this evening. But first of all, I just want to uh, reflect upon the fact that a podcast we did with you a little while back received some really good feedback. How about that? Yes, that was uh, that was certainly encouraging, and um, I'll look I'll look forward to uh, to following up with that uh, with that person as well. I, I believe the word uh, hope was used. So, uh, <laughs> given the fact that we've got the ATAR coming up, perhaps yes. you can give us some some hope for that. <laughs> well, I certainly I certainly hope so because I think there's quite a bit of mythology. Um, around about the ATAR, and if we can scotch some of that and in its place put some some facts and some a little reality, that will be a good thing to do. Well, let's jump right in. The ATAR is the final HSC result. Uh, what is it, though, really, when you look beyond school? Okay. You know, in many ways, that's quite a good question um, because I think the ATAR means a lot less than many people think it does. However... It's not exactly the final HSC result either, because for some students, and perhaps more than we than we think, some students will choose not to receive an ATAR at all, and that's a perfectly legitimate thing for them to do. Now, the truth is that unless they have plans on going to university, the ATAR, the, the ATAR has no relevance. So, for example, if they want to be a plumber or a hairdresser, um, if they want to be an electrician, if they want to go into a trade, uh, if they want to go to TAFE, if they want to go to a private college, if they want to go directly into the workforce, then the ATAR really has no relevance at all, and neither should it have. It's of no relevance to employers. It's of no relevance to other providers of post-secondary education, although some have tried to usurp it. Um, and I believe that they've done this as much as for any other reason in the interests of blurring the lines between themselves and their mainstream university competitors. Can I just jump right in there, though? You just sure. said you just said that it has no relevance to employers. I've often heard yes. it discussed in, in inverted commas, the lunchroom. That, that doesn't that, surprise that, me at all. The, <laughs> the parents are very concerned about the ATAR because when kids go for you know the, um, their first part-time job or something like that, that, that they're very concerned about what the employer might see when they look through the school records. You're telling me now that the ATAR is not that important to employers? That's exactly what I'm saying. The ATAR is simply this. It's a device created by the universities, or at least on their behalf, and used by them and them alone to select students to their courses. I tell people all the time it has no other point, purpose or relevance, and neither should it have it's a device purely and simply for use by the, by the universities. It has no other relevance. I can't stress that. 
uh, strongly enough, and it really, really irritates me when when others um, attempt to impute other relevances or other meanings to it. It's a device used by the universities to help them select students to their courses. So broadly speaking, do we worry about it too much? Yes, we probably do. But I'd like to think that um, in the work that I do with young people, um, that I'm able to uh, assuage some of their concerns. It, it, it is something that, we wor- that, that a lot of people do worry about too much and they worry about needlessly. I guess if you've got your heart set on a particular course at university and there's a number that's been published, the number that you need to reach, uh, I, I guess that would create quite a bit of anxiety for young people if they feel that they might just miss out on something. If I was in that situation, like HSC results are coming out uh, around about the 17th of December and you know that, that time is not very far away. Uh, And we're recording this now on, uh, what's the date now? The date's now the 6th. So, you know, it'll be a week before this goes out. So listeners, when you get this, it'll only be a couple of days away. Yes. What, should I panic if I just miss out? Not at all. Um, Some people would have you think that the ATAR is the be all and the end all, but it's not. There's plenty of evidence from the universities to acknowledge that they recognize that this is so as well. Um, and that's why they make, or there there are so many other options um, available to young people. Can I just take Macquarie University, for example? If a young person had their heart set on a particular course and they missed out, Macquarie University offers a number of, of options for them. But one that I would really recommend is the Next Step Programme. Now, the Next Step program is, uh, is a program whereby a young person can, can select individual subjects for study, but individual subjects that are relevant to their particular university course of preference. Now, Macquarie University would ask them to, to, uh, to study a half load. So instead of studying four subjects, in any one semester, they would study two and they would pay for them. And I, look, I can't tell you exactly what the commercial rate is, but I, I, would, I would expect that they would pay about double what they would, they would pay if they were occupying um, a Commonwealth-supported place or a, or, or, or a HEX place. Mm. Now... What the university likes to, what Macquarie University likes to, to do in relation to the Next Step program is give them an opportunity to prove that they can perform and that they can perform. They don't have to get distinctions or high distinctions or anything like that. All they need to do is pass the course. And having passed four subjects over the period of a year instead of four, instead of eight, which would be a a, a full-time load, so they're studying a half load, they pass that half load, then they can apply to transfer into the relevant degree and do so with, do so and have all of those subjects that they've studied uh, count fully towards the award of that degree further on. So effectively, they're about six months behind. Another interesting thing about that program is that uh, Unless the student 
told the lecturer or the person sitting next to them that they were a next step student, they wouldn't know. Oh, is that right? So it's completely, it's completely, uh, what's the word? Uh, how am I trying to describe this? It's, it's unknown to anyone. Yes. I mean, you, you could tell the lecturer if you, if you like, I'm a next step student, but if you don't tell them, they won't know. And I think that's one of the strengths of that particular program. But look, you know, there are other, there are others, um, for the last oh, quite a few years now, there's been um, a pathway program to uh, Macquarie University offered by the Sydney Institute of Business and Technology. However, the, um, the Macquarie University is ending that uh, nexus with that private college and it's setting up, it's setting up its, its own, I think they're going to call it Macquarie International College or something like that. But again, that will also provide pathway programs. But look, I don't want to just focus on Macquarie University. The Australian Catholic program has, um, has access courses. So does the University of Notre Dame. It has two, the, the, um, the tertiary enabling program and the foundation year uh, program. The University of Technology has its, um, uh, has its um, uh, UTS InSearch, which is a, 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 a private arm of the University of Technology offering pathway courses to, uh, to, the, to UTS degrees. The University of Western Sydney has UWS College. There are a number of other things. There's the special tertiary admissions test that you can take. There are um, there are TAFE pathways, and there are some there are some private colleges also offering programs at diploma level that the universities will also recognise. However, uh, anybody considering a private college needs to be very very careful. Uh, because if if you're looking at a private college as a pathway to, to university, don't listen too much to what the private college tells you about the way their their programs, their diploma programs, for example, will give you access. What you need to do is, if you're interested in studying at Macquarie University or UTS or wherever it might be, and you're talking to a private college about one of their pathway options, you need to ask Macquarie or the University of Sydney, or UTS, or wherever, whether or not this particular diploma course is going to be acceptable to the university. So don't listen to the don't listen to the private college. Ask the university whether or not any particular private college course is going to be acceptable to the university as a pathway. Yeah, you'd really want to check that out because in the past there's also been some fairly negative press about what private colleges have been doing with students. Is that right? That's absolutely true. And in fact, I have to say that I can think of probably, you know, there are dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of these places around. I could probably count five that I would be prepared to recommend to um, to anybody that I was seeing or, or any student of mine. O- only five. Perhaps I forgot to just uh, change tack here for a second. Sure. What's, what's all this business about bonus points? Oh yes. Um, look, these these fall into a number of ca- of different categories, and I'll go into those in a moment. But what they do is that, or at least what you can do with bonus points is add them onto your ATAR, and then that has the effect of changing your selection rank. Now, for the majority of students, um, their ATAR is their selection rank, but the addition and and the addition of bonus points does not change the ATAR. What it does is it changes the selection rank. So let me just give you a brief example. Um, 
just let's say, for example, that a student, I mean, one of the categories of bonus points is, um, is subject bonus points. So, for example, if a student wanted to study engineering at UNSW or UTS or wherever, University of Sydney maybe, uh, the, the, uh, in, in considering an application uh, from a student or a, a, a student's preference for engineering at one of those institutions, what they will do is they will look at the student's HSC subjects. And if they see that they've got subjects that are, you know, that will really set them up well for the study of engineering, particularly subjects like um, Extension 1 Mathematics or Extension 2 Mathematics, but the baseline there is really Extension 1. Mm -hmm. Physics is another one. Uh, depending on the area of engineering, chemistry can also be um, another subject that they will look for. But let's just say a student gets a band 6 in physics. That could attract, say, three bonus points. Um, if they got a band 5, they might get two bonus points. Now, let's just say also that the student is able to apply under one of the educational access schemes categories. There are many of these. I'll, I'll come back to these in a moment. But let's just say the student has suffered some disadvantage. Uh, let's just say, for example, um, that while the student is in year 11 or year 12, the parents have become divorced, and that's impacted on, on the student's um, uh, study pattern. So what they can do is maybe they get, th they, they get three bonus points for a band six in physics. They might get another, uh, they might get another five bonus points uh, for uh, having been disadvantaged in their studies because of family divorce and family upheaval and that sort of thing. That gives them, that gives them eight, eight bonus points. So let's just say that, um, the ATAR to get into engineering is, it, well, look, it, it varies from institution to institution, but it, it, it's, it's generally in the low to mid-90s, let's just say 93. But the student uh, that we're talking about receives an ATAR of 87. However, that, that's his ATAR, or mm -hmm. her ATAR, 87. Let's just say they've applied for bonus points under those two categories, educational access schemes under the disadvantaged category of, of, of family uh, of family divorce, and and also um, they, they get a subject bonus point for physics. They might also get subject bonus points for mathematics and get more bonus points again. But let's just say that's what they get. They get a total of eight bonus points. They've got an ATAR of 87. They need 93 to get in. Um, their ATAR is 87 plus 8 will give them a selection rank of 95, so they're in. Does that wow. make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yes. There are, there are other categories of, 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 um, of bonus points as well. I was just wondering, though, if my ATAR was, in this case, 87, and I did need 93, and I then get in on the bonus point system, depending on the criteria that I use, am I likely to really struggle in that course because I've just kind of got in through a, a back door, if you like? Look, that's that's a good question. Just before we we go to that, if if you don't mind, I I, I can I just go back and 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 identify what the what the four principal areas of of bonus points awards are. Um, I mentioned the educational access schemes, and those one those schemes look particularly at 
at disadvantage if the student has experienced some sort of disadvantage. Yep. I've also mentioned subject bonus points. And the subject bonus points, I've already described to you how they work. But there are, there are a couple of other categories. One is regional bonus points. Now, you don't have to apply for these. In fact, you don't have to apply for, for, the, the, for the subject bonus points either. The, uh, the, the, the two categories that you would have to apply for of the four that I'm talking about would be educational access schemes, and there's a whole range of categories there. And the other one is elite athletes and performers. So those four, educational access schemes, subject bonus points, regional bonus points, and those are given by some universities depending on where the student lives. So, for example, um, the University of Western Sydney or Western Sydney University, as they call themselves now, they give an automatic five bonus points for students who live with a postcode uh, that defines Greater Western Sydney. All right. the, the, the University of Newcastle is another one. It has a similar bonus point scheme, and that one is aimed particularly at students living within the Newcastle-Hunter region. But even Macquarie University has them. So um, there you go. So there are a number of categories, and it's, it's good for people to be aware of them. I mentioned elite athletes and performers. Now, um, elite athletes and performers seems not to be as much in favour these days as it once was, and also... When they talk about elite athletes, that's exactly what they mean. You need to have performed at the very least at state level, but they really look towards people who've been performing at the national level. So they're trying to attract athletes to their universities? Is that what I'm hearing? That's right. Is that yeah. so that the athletes well, can then continue to perform for that university? Well, y yes and no, but it, it, it also... It, it's also aimed at um, making some allowance for students who've had to invest large amounts of time in, uh, in, you know, in training and that sort of thing. And the same goes for performance. So if they're, if they're fine musicians or singers or whatever and they've got to spend a certain amount of time each day doing that. You know, there is one other one, and th this has only been around for the last couple of years. It's, it's in its second year this year, and... Um, it's the school's recommendation scheme, often referred to as the SRS. This one is processed through the university's admission centre and has actually replaced a lot of the individual institutions' uh, um, special consideration schemes as well. So, yes, so students coming up into year 12 for 2016 should be should be aware of the SRS i would expect that schools as a matter of course would make students aware of that of that opportunity particularly through the careers advisor i can't help wondering that for some students though just because they happen to live in a certain postcode and they get a few extra bonus points that that might mean that if they just scrape in, there could be a little bit of deficiency in their knowledge that might make the course a bit harder. But then, yes. but then conversely, you might also say, well, maybe that that's just there to give them a leg up because on the day they didn't perform particularly well, or they they had the sniffles or whatever, and they didn't do the exam as well as they would have liked, or they realised that sure. they'd made a silly mistake and therefore they dropped a couple of ATAR points. Sure. So that's a, that's a tough one. But look, just to finish off, there's one question that I'd really like to know the answer yes. to, and that is, um, how long is an ATAR valid for? So can I can I not get into a course and defer, but can I come back just a year later without having spoken to the universities at all and say, look, here's my ATAR that I got a year ago. How about it? Yes. Um, once you've got it, you've got it. It's with you for life. <laughs> it's either, you know, like a bright shining star or a millstone around your neck. Um, 
it pretty much depends on how you look at it, I think. So, I mean, if you see it as a millstone, that's the way it's always going to be. But if you take control, if you take some personal responsibility, um, if you don't look to apportion blame, if you look to the future, if you look to the, to, to the future with a spirit of optimism and hope, if you just, you know, get just just get get on with it. I, I, I think, you know, the, the ATAR, even though it sticks with you, um, it, as I said, it's, it's really only going to be a millstone if you let it be. I think you need to sort of get it in proper perspective. Um, I, I, I really believe that everybody has, an, has uh, you know, as a result of their particular and unique combination of gifts, they have an opportunity to make their mark, to make their contribution. Um, it may not be an earth-shattering contribution, but uh, I, th I think for, for, for someone who's chosen, who's chosen their career area carefully, who's chosen their pathway to get there, and look, I don't believe that, um, that the door is ever banged in a person's face these days. There's always a way. It may not, you know, I mean, if, if, they, if they need to take a pathway that requires an ATAR or at least that requires getting into university and they, they miss the ATAR cut, then, you know, there are options. There can, are they come back, can they, they come back a year later with it, though? Yes, they can. So with the same number, they can come back yes, and say, look, I'll have another go. Yes, they can. They, they certainly can do that. But if during the course of that year they have, for example, gone off to TAFE, and completed a, um, completed a diploma course at TAFE, uh, and they've done well at it, then there is a weighting that will be given to that completed TAFE diploma course or indeed some other completed course. Um, and, the, and the weighting of the ATAR will be diminished. You know, the other thing that, that people need to remember is that, that the universities... Um, are in a fairly competitive environment for students. Um, perhaps I could say a little bit more about that on another occasion. But they are in a competitive environment. They, but they want students, and they want students who are capable of staying the course. Mm. They don't want students to uh, to drop out at the end of first year or at the end of the first semester or something yeah, like that. Yeah, well, it's completion statistics for them, isn't it? They want, they want to it, be able to show to the world that people come to their universities and finish. Absolutely. So it's, it's in the university's interests to only do things, really, which are in the best interests of students. Now, that's not to say that from time to time people won't make mistakes but and, and, and you know, maybe get the decision maybe get the decision wrong about the course or about their career or about the institution or, or whatever. But that's why I believe the research that a young person does or that anybody considering a change of career direction does, the research is really important because the better informed they are about careers and about courses, the better place they are to make a good decision when the decision point comes. Do you know, over the course of this discussion, I've been wondering whether there's a question that I could ask you that would end yeah. up with you giving me an answer saying, no, sorry, there's no hope down that path. No. But every time never. I think of a question, you keep on telling me that there's hope and yeah, another there's path. Always, there's always hope, Colin. Always. <laughs> always. So, so I'm not going to have a lot of success trying to, trying to no, get you no, to give no, me a negative no. answer. No, no. There's, there's, there's always hope. There's always hope. Not that long ago, I had a young person come to me who had, who was very 
keen to get into um, industrial design at the University of Technology. He missed out, he was terribly disappointed, and he didn't come to see me. And he spent that, he spent probably nine months of the year after he left school um, getting into all sorts of trouble and feeling very deflated and depleted and that. And then, I don't know whether he came of his own volition or whether his parents urged him to come back and see me, but he did come. And I suggested that he went to Granville uh, College of TAFE, which is part of the Western Sydney Institute, I believe, and that he enrolled there in a, in, in a, a certificate for in product design. Mm-hmm. So he did that, and he did he did really well. He did well enough to get, to get him straight into the diploma course, and he completed the diploma course. And then he used his completed diploma as the basis for making an application for the Bachelor of Design in Industrial Design at at, uh, the University of Technology, Sydney. They accepted his diploma and he, so they they accepted his application based on his his completed diploma and he was given one year advanced standing for that that diploma course. So effectively, he he, he didn't lose any time at all. And he, when he graduated from university, he's graduated with two qualifications, the TAFE Diploma in Product Design and the Bachelor of, Industrial, uh, the Bachelor of Design in Industrial Design from, from UTS. And look, I could tell you story after story after story of that kind. Wow. So hope, getting back to the, to, to the question of hope, there's always hope, always. Gordon, a great news story to, uh, to end on. Thanks so much for your time. A pleasure, Colin. You've been listening to the Learning Capacity Podcast, brought to you by LearnFast Australia. To get in touch with Gordon Doyle, call 0412 540 154 to make an appointment. If you'd like to comment on this podcast, send us an email to feedback at learnfastgroup.com.au and to find out more about LearnFast, visit learnfasthome.com.au where you can also subscribe to the blog. Until next time, bye for now.